Welcome to the Incomparable Podcast, a podcast from 10ofthose.com. This is a podcast exploring the character and attributes of God. Each episode in this series is an extract from the book Incomparable, written by Andrew Wilson and read by Neil Gardner. The full book explores 60 characteristics, but this series is designed to just give you a little taster, picking out 15. Each podcast is like the chapters in the book, fairly short, five to seven minutes long, and so hopefully very manageable. If you want to read the whole book or listen to the audiobook, visit 10ofthose.com where you can purchase the physical, audio, and ebook. Without further ado, let's dive into week nine, looking at God is Good. We hope you find this podcast a blessing. God is good. Oh, taste and see that Yahweh is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Psalm 34, 8 Some ideas are so simple that we miss them. Lots of books get written about God's sovereignty and our choices, or about the Trinity. But there are far fewer books about his goodness. In fact, I don't think I've ever heard a sermon on God being good. When the Psalms, as they so often do, say Yahweh is good, we unconsciously ignore it. Yes, God is good, but we know that. Move on to the next verse. But what does it actually mean for the psalmist to say that God is good? We might think it is obvious, but it could mean one of at least three things. It could be a property of him, it could be an opinion about him, or it could be a definition of him. In fact, in the context of Psalm 34, it is probably all three. In one sense, to say God is good is to give one of his properties. If I say milk is white, I am describing what milk is like by telling you something that happens to be true about it. It doesn't define it. Milk is white, but then so are window frames and teeth and fridges but it tells you that it is white as opposed to brown or pink or blue, and so if you see something coloured, it might be a lot of things, but it isn't pure milk. Saying God is good, in one sense, is like this. David is giving a description of God, so we know that, among other things, he is good, which means he does good things and doesn't do bad things or mediocre things or things that don't quite work out. Therefore, if we see something less than good, It might be a lot of things, but it isn't God. Now imagine, instead of saying milk is white, I said milk is a whitish liquid containing proteins, fats, lactose and various vitamins and minerals produced by the mammary glands of all mature female mammals after they have given birth. Suddenly, my statement has gotten bigger. This is not a description anymore, but a definition – Anywhere you find this type of substance, you will, by definition, have milk, and vice versa. In the same way, God is good by definition. Anywhere you find goodness, you will, by definition, have God, and vice versa. You can't have God without goodness, and you can't have goodness without God. This is the teaching of the whole of Scripture. 
And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Genesis 1.31 No one is good except God alone. Mark 10.18 And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Romans 8.28 Those who seek Yahweh lack no good thing. Psalm 34.10 And so on. But what if I say milk is nice? I have now moved from saying something objective to something subjective. It is an opinion based on something I have found through experience to be true. In fact, it is something you can test only by trying it yourself. This is the clearest meaning of the cry, Oh, taste and see that Yahweh is good. The psalmist has got a list of examples of God's goodness to him, like deliverance, verse 4, provision, verse 10, being heard, verse 15, and so on. And he is urging us as readers to experience this goodness ourselves. Knowing God is good, but never experiencing his goodness is as useless as knowing the definition of milk and never drinking it. However, we need to clarify something here. Some people misunderstand the idea that Yahweh is good and take it to mean that bad things will never happen. Then, because the results of the fall, things like death and sin and sickness and abuse and earthquakes, still happen, they get angry with God. But this is not the psalmist's understanding of God's goodness. In verse 19, he makes the remarkable announcement, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, which is the exact opposite of what many people today would think. Even with a good God who is sovereign over everything and has the power to do whatever he likes, good people still suffer. The punchline comes in the next phrase, though, but Yahweh delivers him out of them all. Evil happens, but none of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. 34.22. It could not be any other way. God is shown to be good from our experience and can be described as, among other things, very good, but he's also good by definition. He has never been faced with a catch-22 situation, forced to choose between the lesser of two evils, or flummoxed into a decision that was anything less than completely good. Therefore, if God has done something, it is good. End of story. We may well not understand why God has done it, of course. Job didn't either. But we can be confident, based on Scripture and on our experience, that as sure as milk is white, Yahweh is good. Taste and see. Thanks for listening. On the next episode, we'll consider God is Spirit. Don't forget... If you want to get the book for yourself, you can purchase the physical, ebook, or audiobook from tenofthose.com. The book has the same title as this podcast, Incomparable, and it's written by Andrew Wilson. Why not consider sharing this podcast with a friend so you can listen along and learn together? See you next time. Hit subscribe so that you get the latest episode as soon as it drops.